0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Lot Pod, the Leeds Rhinos Lot Seventeen Eight podcast, kindly sponsored by ACD&B, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley Leeds. They create standout brands, so for any companies out there that need a brand new logo or a brand refresh, just get in touch with ACD&B. Thank you as always to them for sponsoring the podcast and for producing and designing the whole of the lot 17a fanzine it looks fantastic this is not just any lot pod it's another lot pod special and of course for lot pod specials my co-host is andrew (laughs) aka how are you doing andrew
1: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. It's been a very good couple of weeks uh, for the Ryaners after outstanding um, victory at St. Helens. The first victory there since I think March 2018, and always nice. I, know I, now I knew you car. have a
0: start for that. I knew you'd have a
1: stat. I always have a stat for that, and especially winning it at the Totally Little Kid Stadium, a ground that hasn't been too kind to the Rhiners over the past few years. And backing yeah. up with uh, a very well, rare thing yeah. that Leeds don't often do is nil teams, as they did uh, against uh, Wakefield Trinity on Friday night. And they go into the derby mm-hmm. uh, against Castleford and the Manahoe Jungle on Thursday night. Again, of course, you can see live on Sky Sports.
0: Exactly. Talking of Sky Sports, who is our special guest today, Andrew?
1: Yes, that was a nice little segue. It's uh, a woman who's always got a finger on the pulse. She's the roving reporter for Sky Sports. She does a wonderful job. It's a fantastic welcome to Jenna Brooks. Jenna? Is she there? Have we lost her?
0: There? Have we lost her? <laughs>
1: Have we lost her? Jen- She's there. Jenna?
2: She's there! <laughs> I've just switched to my phone because something's yes. wrong with my internet so hopefully this works.
1: Yes, we are I'm doing exactly the same thing. My internet's a little bit dodgy but think fingers crossed or we'll go to plan and thank you so much for coming on tonight. <laughs> it's a, a real honor to have someone from the Sky Sports broadcasting team and something we're all very keen to to find out about how it all works on there. Uh, on a sort of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day the games uh, really appear on and very much looking forward to getting to me a drink this one, Ed, aren't we? Well,
2: the pleasure is all Absolutely. mine, so thank you very much for having me on.
1: No, problem. <laughs> we, we'll very much, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get started with it all and so the first question for me is, what is a normal rugby league week like uh, in the life of Jenna Brooks and in the Sky Sports offices?
2: So you say Sky Sports offices ever since COVID. Well, Mm. to be fair, I only really started um, the job. I think I got given the job two weeks before uh, we went into lockdown. Um, So I don't spend a lot of time in in the offices. I work a lot from home if I'm not on the road at games. So basically Monday is kind of just catching up, um, doing some prep, Kind of, I try and always re-watch our broadcast just to pick up mm. anything that I may have missed. Also, I'm my harshest critic, so I like to kind of, you know, watch everything back and um, see how it all looked from the viewer's perspective. Mm. So Monday's kind of doing all of that. Tuesday um, I'm sorting out The Verdict, which is the um, slot that we do on yeah. Sky Sports News at 3.30. Um, so I'm kind of booking mm. guests. I'm putting the plan together, editing picture for that. Um, we've also started a podcast. Yes, yeah, so, so mm-hmm. I do a bit of prep for that on a Tuesday as well. Wednesday, mm-hmm. I'm in the offices. I'm in studio for the for the verdict. Yes. Um, also, starting to do prep for the two OBs that we're on. Um, mm-hmm. And then Thursday is like traveling up because I live in London, so I travel up to the games on a Thursday. And then it's yeah, it's game time Thursday, Friday. So my days off is Saturday, Sunday, in
0: case
1: anyone hears. <laughs>
0: the weekend off.
1: Got, weekend off. I've got to ask you what's John Wilkin like to work for? Because I know he gets a little <laughs> bit of stick on social media at times.
2: Well, him. he's not on social media, um, I think specifically because of that. He's great. He's he's hilarious. Um he yeah, a lot of fun. He's so knowledgeable. I find him mm-hmm. A fantastic pundit and I'm not just saying it because I work with him but he's very honest he doesn't care who he upsets <laughs> if, he, if, if he gets asked a question he will answer it and he'll answer it honestly and I think that that is probably why he was up for um what was it the SJA uh, broadcaster yes. awards the pundit of the year yeah sadly he didn't win but he certainly did rugby league proud by being nominated for that Um, And I just, yeah, he's fantastic. I love working alongside him.
1: And Barry, what's Barry like to work alongside? We've had him on the pod as well before, haven't we?
2: Baz is just a legend around. I know you guys look at him as a Leeds legend. Well, he's just a legend. Um, He's Mm. hilarious. He's so helpful. When I first joined the team, he really took me under his wing. And so did Tez as well. Um, Mm. And, yeah, they both. They're fantastic. To be honest, I feel so fortunate. We have an amazing team. It's very much like a family. Um, JJB joining last year with John Wilkin as well. Everyone, mm. yeah, everyone's very supportive of each other, and we all just yeah, we love each other and we get on really well.
1: You were stepping into some big shoes uh, at Sky Sports, as the likes of uh, Eddie Hemmings and, and Mike Stevenson, honestly, Angela Powers. How did that kind of feel to, to take it to the next level?
2: Well, you know, Steve-O was probably, I, I give a lot of credit to steve for getting me um, kind of through the door at uh, the rugby oh, wow. team at Sky. So I used to work for Sky Sports News. Um, I'm sure we'll get into kind of how I ended up there, but I was working for Sky Sports News, you know, covering all sports, and there was a rugby league meeting that all the journos from Sky Sports News kind of went to steve would go through the rules, go through the talking points, all of that at the beginning of the season. And I'd only just recently started at Sky Sports News, and I obviously have always loved rugby league, and I was super excited to go along and meet the great Stevo. o And um, <laughs> after, the, after the kind of um, discussion tutorial, if you want to call it that, um, I just went up to him and I said, Steve-O, I have to get on this team. This is my sport. I've grown up. You know, watching it. my father yeah. play, my grandfather played. I need to be on this team. And this would be going back, it must be going back to about oh, 2000, maybe 2015, even earlier. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to the head of rugby league, who at the time was Neville Smith. And then from there, I started doing little news yeah. bits and pieces through Sky Sports News. So Absolutely. Yeah. I I give a lot of credit to Steve. He's still in touch with me. He still sends me his um, tips, what I should be doing more of what I should stop doing. And then Eddie is Eddie Hemmings, the voice of rugby league. I mean, he's fantastic. Angela, I didn't really work a lot with. Um, Obviously she did Mm. what, what I'm doing now. And um, Mm. we kind of, she left, I think to, to pursue other um, opportunities. And then that's when I was kind of able to come in and take that position full time.
1: How difficult is it to interview a coach after uh, after the team's been beaten? I know obviously I've <laughs> got all different games that we see on Sky during the season, but is it difficult for, for them to be interviewed at
2: all? Um, it depends who it is. <laughs> There's some coaches that I like Paul Rowley, I don't I love interviewing him, whether they win or whether they lose. And then there's other coaches who I'm not going to name who I'm kind of sitting and crossing my we fingers and like, <laughs> being like, please win, please win, please win. I don't want to have to interview you post-match if you don't. Um, but, yeah, I think you just need to kind of work out and get to know the individual and kind of work out what way to go with the interview, whether you can be a little bit firmer, whether you need to kind of take a couple of steps back. Um, but, yeah, it kind of depends on who it is.
1: What's Rowan like? We've got to ask that, haven't we?
2: Rowan Smith, He he's very, he's unique. He's, I think he's an outstanding coach. I mean, what he achieved last year and what he's, you know, the last um, couple of wins, I, I mean, outstanding. He is very much like any Smith. Uh, Tony is uncle, similar. Um, they, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't really know how to say. I think, um, they're fun. They're fun to interview. I, did, I got to do an interview, actually, with both of them when Hull FC went to Headingley the other yes. week. And yes. I thoroughly yes. enjoyed that interview. Both of them were relaxed. They gave me a little bit. Um, and I just think Rowan as well doesn't really know the media over here yet. He's certainly learning. He's picking mm. that up. But um, I think once he gets to realise that the media over here is very different to the media back home in Australia, it's almost like the media back in Australia are almost trying to... Um, get them to say something that they shouldn't. Whereas here, we're all still trying to grow the game, which we're all on the
0: one team.
1: How close did you work with Ian Proctor as a stats enthusiast myself? I love all the stats that he comes out with. And does he help with the preparation for the games during the week?
2: Proctor is, I, I just, I love him. I love him to death. He is the heart and soul of that rugby league team. And it's so nice that you mention him because I feel like he never gets enough credit for what he does so basically mm. um, every for every game that's on Sky, mm. he will put together a pack of Correct. all these amazing stats of, yeah. like, storylines of the game. So everyone that works on the team um, will get it, even the producers, even the APs who work behind the scenes. And, yeah, we all, we all get um, this incredible stat pack, which is, God, 20, 25 pages long yeah. for every game that we do. Wow. He's yeah. incredible. And some of the stats... Some of the stats are, like, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And then me and yeah. have such a good relationship that sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes he keeps little nuggets just for me. He doesn't share them with anyone wow. else. So I'm allowed to kind of, um, yeah, use them as and when. But he's, he's, an, he's the heart and soul of that team.
1: I think one stat from me is I think Leeds has need 450 points to reach 25,000 in the summer era. So that's, <laughs> that, that's coming up. I've kept a record for that somewhere along the line. So that's what keeping will keep on, hopefully between now and uh, sort of October. What's Phil Clark like to work with? I know he gets a lot of sticks sometimes for some of his, his opinions, but I'm guessing he must be fun to work with as well.
2: He is. And, you know, he's another one that really took me under his wing when I started. Mm -hmm. um he kind of he always will give me his take on you know a certain way he feels an interview should go um and he'll be like you know this is how I would do it absolutely up to you what way you go with it um but he's fantastic Mm -hmm. and a lot of people wouldn't realize but he's hilarious as well he has got the driest sense of humor as does Brian Carney but Phil is sometimes he'll be talking and I'm like I don't know if you're serious or not like, are you, we, we had a conversation, I'm not going to get into detail, but we had a conversation about jetpacks the other week and I'm sitting there jet mouth open, yeah, <laughs> jetpacks, being like, are you for real or are you just pulling my leg? So he's, he's great to work with.
1: What's been your favourite interview that you've done since you've been at Sky?
2: You know, there's so many. Um, I would mm. have to say my favourite interview, and it wasn't so much about, um the questions that i asked but it was kind of the way it all unfolded and it was the 2020 grand final saint helen's um yeah but, and yeah, Kevin, Kevin yeah. Yes. No, sorry mm. it was no it was a year after it was 2021 it was back ah, at yes. old Trafford. Yes. the COVID restrictions yeah. were still in it was catalan
1: that's right sure. sure. yes yeah. Kevin
2: mm. Kevin nagama got player of the match and it was when Rob Burrow was presenting the man uh, the player yeah. of the match award Harry Sunderland and it yeah just what followed it was incredible Kevin was already emotional he was on his knees and then mm. before I I knew it Brian was throwing to me and he mm. was he was he was not getting up so I knelt down and we did the interview on our knees and then of course um mm. The, the Burrow family were there, Lindsay, uh, Maya was there and Rob was there and it was a moment that, yeah, I'll never forget. And it was just, it was more what happened after and, and how Kevin interacted with Rob and then how Lindsay yeah. interacted with Kevin and, and vice versa. It was it was an incredible moment. I'll never forget it.
1: What's been your favourite mm. game to work on? I'm sure there's been hundreds since you've been at Sky, mm. the one that stands out in particular.
2: Probably the 2020 grand final yeah. at Hull. Mm. Mm. not just because of what happened and how that unfolded, um, but the fact that there were no fans there, but yet the atmosphere mm. was incredible. And I know that doesn't really make sense, but what the game did pre-match with um, the fireworks and all of that, and then the intensity of that game and the way it ended, you it you, you felt like the stadium was full. And yeah. it also felt at times that these, these incredible athletes were performing and going head to head and there was only, you know, however many I don't even know how many people were there, but it almost felt like you had the best, the best seat in the house. And it, it was unforgettable. And yeah, the game itself was one I yeah, I loved.
1: I think that was the most surreal end to a season when Jack Wellsby touched down uh literally with the yep. last play of the game to to that was the grand final.
2: And it went like it obviously went viral. I had calls from back home in Australia, radio stations asking me to come on and and talk talk them wow. through what happened and the event. And
0: mm.
2: it yeah, it was a game that I think really almost put Super League on the map as well. Again, back down mm. back down under, everyone was talking about it. It was phenomenal. Mm. You think that it's over, and then Paul Bevan French, and then Tommy Makinson. Like it was all but, just yeah. it was just. And then Jack Wellsby being as young as he was, and that, that moment for him was so special.
1: How important has it been for Sky to have the right to the Women's Rugby League? It's really grown over the last 18 months to two years.
2: Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, I think, I hope that it continues to grow. I, I yes. hope that yes. the contest this year, so we picked up an extra game, I think, this year. Um, so we're showing, I think, three regular rounds. Then we've got the semis and, and the final again. I just really hope that every game that we show on, on Sky is a really close contest and it showcases the sport the way it should be showcased. Yeah. And from that, we can only grow and it can only get bigger. And I think as well what the BBC did um, during the World Cup has been massive for the women's game, for the wheelchair as well. Um, so I'm just hoping that we can get a little bit more um, contests this year in the women's game, and there can be closer games. At the minute, we've obviously got the three teams: St Helen's, Leeds, and York. Who, uh, you, you know, I think the three of them uh, won the, the three trophies last year. So yeah. it will be fantastic if that can happen again, and if there can be, you know, more teams that, that come come to um, the forefront of the game and can just yeah. represent it in the light it should should be represented in.
1: And you look mm-hmm. at players such as Amy Harcastle who's obviously made the switch from uh, St. Helens to Leeds and that actually got more media attention this time around. And I'm guessing that's down to, to the attention, the media attention that the World Cup has got as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think the fact that some clubs are now paying players in certain ways, Leeds yeah. being one of them, yeah. Um, which, again, they're probably not being, well, they're definitely not being paid what they should be getting paid. These girls go to work all day. they work. You yeah. know, so hard in their day jobs. They've got families. They've got children. They go to training and then they show up and they play and they put their bodies on the line week in, week mm-hmm. out. So they deserve to be um, given some kind of compensation. Slowly it is starting to happen, but we're still such a long way off.
1: How much did you enjoy working on the World Cup uh, in the winter? It looked really
2: good fun. It was fantastic. I It was on my bucket list and working... Um, mm. I mean, I've worked for a number of broadcasters around the world and when I joined Sky and I got the gig for Rugby League, obviously we didn't have the rights and um, I got asked to be yeah. a part of the World Cup and I had to get special approval for, from Sky Sports. So I take my hat from off Sky. to Sky mm. and thank them yeah. so much because they fully supported me and were enabled mm. me to kind of take that, that time away from Sky to be able to be available for the World Cup. But to work on that, to be mm. part of all three competitions, unfortunately, I wasn't part of the um, PDRL. But to mm. be part of those three competitions, um, it was some. Ugh, it was, it was frantic. I think I at one point I was because I'm also pregnant, um, and I was pregnant oh. at the time, and so yeah. I kept that kind of quiet and I was exhausted. And at one point I'm like, I, I feel like I've bitten off more than I can chew. And can I do this? And there was, I agreed to like be in Newcastle one day, then I was in um, London doing the wheelchair. Then I was back in Newcastle doing the men's and it was all, uh, <laughs> my husband was kind of, was like, are you sure you've got this? And I'm like, wow. it's the world cup And uh, this yeah. make This opportunity might not come up again. You know, this is the pinnacle mm. of the sport mm. and I want to be a part of it. And, it was something – I'm so grateful to Sky that they allowed me. I'm grateful for the BBC, Whisper, everyone. It was – it was, yeah, it was unreal.
1: I, I want to take yeah. you back to the start, Jenna. When did you realise that you wanted to have a career in, in sort of rugby league and broadcasting?
2: So rugby league – rugby league has always been a pretty big part of my life. So as I said, my mm-hmm. grandfather played and my father played. Mm-hmm. My, um, So I've always – been involved i've been watching it my whole life um, my dad is a, a fierce st george supporter so i grew up supporting the dragons um i still support the dragons <laughs> it's been a tough few years well 10
0: 11 <laughs> um, <even> 13
2: <laughs> actually but i'm still a mm-hmm. proud supporter and i used to play so i used to play not full contact but i used to play rep touch and records mm-hmm. tag um, and mm. I was always very sporty. I used to do, you know, you name the sport, I, I played it. Yep. I did it. Um, and, yeah, I, I kind of had goals to represent Australia at the Olympics, at running, at swimming, at equestrian. I was never good enough. It was never going to happen. So I kind of went to the next best option, which was covering sport. And I got a, a job. I did yeah. a journalism degree. And I got a job working for the wide world of sports at Channel 9. As the like front desk, mm-hmm. the production secretary, that was kind of like an entry level back back in Australia, and then from there, I just pestered everyone I could. The squeaky wheel gets the oil, they say. Um, I started freelancing <laughs> for Fox Sports News as a reporter, Brilliant. and then I yeah I kind of went to SBS, and then I um, yeah I just I I always have been very sporty. I've always loved sport, and rugby league has always been my number one. So I guess that kind of, yeah, thank thanks to my my dad.
1: How important is it to see the likes of yourself, Danica, Helen Skelton, getting more females on in the broadcasting side. For me, I think it's brilliant. because I think it shows diversity and equality. I think it's mm. for me, I think it's brilliant that we see more and more females on the TV presenting rugby league.
2: Absolutely. I think yeah, I think we need more. More of us need to put our hands up and, and make yeah. ourselves available. Um I think what's important is getting the right people for the right jobs and having people there for not just to tick a box, but just because they love the game, they're they're knowledgeable, they know it inside out. Mm. Um, And I I think that, I mean, back home in Australia, when I watch the NRL, like whether that be on Channel 9, whether it be on Fox, there's so many girls involved. And I feel like we are a little bit behind. Mm. But then again, the sport is a lot smaller over here than it is back home. So we are... We are again when it comes to women in sport and women in rugby league. We're on the right track, but there is still a little bit of ground to to make up. But yeah, I love it. I feel like I've got the best job in the world. I get paid to watch a sport that I love.
1: I've got. Josh, if you have, have seen any funny incidents in the tunnels at all when you sort of prepping your uh, your post match <laughs> interviews or any choice words of players that, that aren't happy at times? Um,
2: well, I, <laughs> I um. Yeah, it's, I, someone else has actually asked me this question before and I found it, um, it's a tough one because I'm always, the minute that the game's finished, mm. I'm kind of in position to start interviewing. There's very little time mm. in between. I think the strangest thing post-match to ever happen would be in um, 2020 when Adam Pearson came out to do the interview at Hull FC. Definitely, after, yes. um, Bradford. <laughs> And I had no idea. And that was like my second week in the job. And he came out and, wow. I'm, and I'm buzzing through and I'm like, um, Lee Radford's not coming. It's Adam Pearson. And, and it was game time. And it was like, this is going to be a massive interview. I don't think that's ever happened before. And, mm. yeah, that I don't think anything will ever top that.
0: No. I, I've
1: got <laughs> to ask what, what happened <laughs> with Rowan and the Saints fans. Uh, oh, my gosh. I week. forgot
2: about that. Yeah. Yes. Mm. That was and. So basically, um, I was about to do my uh, player of the match interview with Aiden Caesar. Yes, and mm. all the all the fans kind of came down to the touchline. Thankfully, there was a barrier there separating us, and I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and I'm, I'm and there was hardly any. There was a few stewards there, so it was mm. under control. I never at any point felt like scared, or mm. and I'm sure he didn't either. Good. But the Good. abuse yeah. that they were serving up,
1: wow, it
2: was. And and, I, and Aiden's like, he handled it like a pro. He was like, calm yeah. down. It's just sport. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's sport. It's a game. And they're just laying into him and I'm just, I was, and then all of a sudden, again, Brian's thrown to me and I'm like, well, you've got to talk about what you see. So, um, and then Rowan, yeah. so I didn't see it. I only saw it later when, um, because I I think it all happened when I was interviewing Aidan Caesar. So Rowan, Mm. bless him, again, started conversing with these Saints fans, having a conversation with them, and Mm. they were just abusing him. And he was kind of like, never in sport have I seen this, certainly not in my career, Mm. not down there. And he said the same thing. He was like, this is bizarre. Why Mm. Why are they so angry?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think um, it had just spilt over because of the way the game ended with obviously Conrad Hurrell got sent off, Sam Walters could have is. possibly been, yeah. seen been for a potential shoulder charge and obviously Leeds haven't beaten Saints for so long at, uh, at the wicked stage. Do you think it had just been a little bit over-emotional at the end?
2: I think so. I think that, and listen, I need to make it clear that it wasn't the entire stadium. Oh, there, God, was yeah. so many, yeah. there were so many no, of course, yes. There that, I think there was close to 17,000 that night.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: only a select few. And, and you know, I try and look at the positive of it and how good is it to see how much they love the sport. Oh, they nice. love their yeah. team. They love the game so much that they took it to the next level. Yes, it wasn't appropriate, but um, it was, yeah, it was great to see the passion. But, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, Saints fans are probably not used to losing either. They've won. They they win every every game. They yes. you know it's very rare. Yes. No one thought yeah. Leeds were going to win that night, did they? Did you guys think yeah. Leeds were going to win?
0: No, I no, did. I'm in a... I did. Did you? <laughs> yes, yes.
2: I, well, I, you're, I
0: you're the only one. Admit, I was after the only the one. Again, <laughs>
1: <laughs> after, after the whole defeat, I thought we we're going to be knocked from three, but we turned up. We pull it on them, and also we beat Wakey on on Friday, and then also we've got the Derby at the Jungle on. Uh, Thursday night and from just from a Lee's perspective it's turning to a, a solid start and I think it makes it for a better competition that at the moment anyone can beat anybody
2: oh that's mm. it I mean to see Lee back up and and beat Saints um at yeah. the weekend mm. like I'm in a tipping comp I'm doing so poorly because you can't pick and and that's what <laughs> we want like as much as St Helens are an amazing club and they've oh, done yes. the sport proud by going down and beating Penrith in the World Club Challenge, we want to see tight games. We want Lee to come in and be able to yeah. beat, you know, the, the reigning champs. We want Leeds to back up from from the success that they had last year. I want to see. Um, I want to see. You know, I want to go into a game and not like genuinely not know who's going to win this.
1: Yeah, I remember sort of obviously, back before Super League came, Super League, Wigan were the, the dominant force of, of rugby league in the sport before the salary cap came in. And I think they won, what, seven, eight Challenge Cups. And it, it was very difficult to get anywhere near them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're seeing from St Helens. While it would be amazing to see them win five in a row, what are we calling it? The drive for five. The
1: drive for five, yeah.
2: Um. I I think for the sport, for the purpose of the sport, for... Um, people who were trying to introduce rugby league to we're always trying to get new eyeballs on the game you don't want the same team winning every year i just think it takes out the surprise factor it takes out yeah. a reason to really watch you want these games to be close and hard fought
1: and um, just thought last for me and i don't know if you'll to answer. who did you tip to win super league this year
2: <laughs> so We'd i I, <laughs> I didn't i tipped Wigan <laughs> to win actually um yeah, I, I just, I feel like the, the their back three are sensational. Yeah. Um, however, they have been kept quiet. They would certainly kept quiet mm-hmm. um, in the freezing cold on Thursday yes. night. And, yeah, I mean, I've, I've tipped Wigan. I think Matty Pete is a outstanding coach. Um, he, I think what the club are doing as well, I don't know if you guys watched our broadcast, but we also, we had John Wells at halftime able to go into the dressing room. I mean, they yeah. were trailing as if, as if any of them wanted him in there. But, again, they they allowed him to go in and listen in. And Mm -hmm. um, I just think the club as a whole are are certainly trying to take the game forward. And, yeah, I I just I tip them. I I rate Jay Field, Bevan French, Liam Marshall. They're, yeah.
1: Well, we both hope you're wrong, Eddie, don't we? Yes. 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 yes, we could win that ninth round <laughs> final. But yes. long season, I think, as you say, it's great that you're going into these games and you don't know who's going to come out on top. And I know Salford blew Holloway at the weekend. But other than that, the games were close, apart from mostly the Huddersfield game against Cass uh, on Friday night. But it's turned into a very enjoyable season so far.
2: I know. And what are we, four rounds in? Yes. Um, Warrington yeah. have impressed me. Warrington, I actually tipped Warrington last year. To win, um, I shouldn't probably mention that, I shouldn't just <laughs> let that go but I think that they could they could certainly um, do I mean if they keep going the way Paul Vaughan has been outstanding yes. so yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited I don't know, I've got no idea who's going to win who knows, maybe it'll be Wigan, Warrington, who knows Rowan Smith might have the goods and it'll be the Leeds Rhinos It'll
1: be, it'll be a hero if he does want to, Eddie <laughs> Right, Eddie, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it He's already over
0: to you Right, Jenna, we've got some questions from our listeners. We opened a mailbag and uh, okay. our listeners have been in touch. So I'll fire through some of these for you. Louise asks, what is Jenna's favourite Super League ground?
2: So this is a hard one and I like different different grounds for different reasons. I'm going to go mm. the jungle because of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um I find I love Headingley, and I'm not just saying it because I'm on this podcast, but the girls at Headingley really, really look after me, and I get blankets with the little rhino logo wow. on it. Um, <laughs> I get offered coffee, tea, um, the facilities. I mean, look, it is it is the best stadium in, in Super mm-hmm. League at the minute. But, yeah, I love mm-hmm. the hospitality there as well. Um, I, I find Huddersfield, I find the John Smith Stadium really picturesque like you look out and you've got the kind of mountain range behind the stands um but yeah so I I like I like different stadiums for different reasons really but yeah they're probably my three top
0: good answers Ronnie asks you've kind of answered this but how does your day plan on the day of a game for a for a for a broadcast like what time do you arrive how long are you there and etc
2: so I usually always get there before 3 p.m. Um, on game day, mm-hmm. keeping in mind we're on air at 7.30. So I usually arrive for 3 p.m. for an, a production meeting. So we go over everything, all the big talking yeah. points, you know, what we all want to um, cover and what we want to get out of the game. And then mm-hmm. from there you, you've got, you know, a, a food break. We all kind of get together, catch up. Um, it is a very funny team, so we all kind of sit around and joke. And then we have rehearsals. Um, also hair and makeup, very important and takes a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we've got hair and makeup. So yeah, it's kind of filled, but basically, yeah, on air at 7 30. And then mm-hmm. ending-wise, as soon as we're off air, we all kind of meet back in the trucks, have a very quick debrief. Then because yeah. I live in London, I always stay up on a Thursday night, depending on where we are, get back to the hotel, either crash, go to sleep and get up early to do prep the next morning, or I'll stay up and, and prep. Read Procker's notes that Mm. night and um yeah so that's kind of a little glimpse into a day on an ob Brilliant.
0: brilliant melissa asks is there someone jenna would love to work with is there anyone you'd like to work with jenna
2: i love this question so i would have to say it's a hard one because there's so many people but having started my career at channel nine I would have and this will probably yeah. never happen because he's retired, but Ray Warren, Ravs, who is the Rabs, voice of Rugby hmm. League. Yes. Um, Agreed,
0: yeah. I would
2: I would I, I obviously worked with him when I was at Channel Nine, but not directly. Um I would love to hear yeah. that voice say my name and come down to me <laughs> on the touchline. So I'd have to yeah. say Ray Warren.
0: <laughs> yeah, good answer. Really good answer. Voice of rugby league. Harriet asks, what would be your final meal or what's your favorite food, Jenna? <laughs>
2: I love food, um, <laughs> pasta. I love a good spag bowl. Yes. So yeah, I probably that's my go-to. Really, I'm a little bit of a. I like plain food, but I do love food, and I will yeah. try anything once. But yeah, spaghetti bolognese. That's a, a bit classic. You
0: can't beat it. Can't beat it. It's a classic. <laughs> Paul asks, "How long did it take Jenna to climatize to the weather in England? Did it <laughs> took you a while to get used to this dreadful weather, Jenna."
2: I mean, I can't answer that question because it's ongoing. I and I, I, I get paranoid because I, I do feel like I'm always whinging and complaining about the weather. But it is cold, and even northerners get cold. Thursday night at Wigan,
1: oh, horrendous! It,
2: it was the coldest I've ever been. We were in the snow. No one, no one cares. We're in the snow. We're doing these interviews again. Hats off to the players and coaches who hang around post match to do those interviews because yeah. it's icy. There's no coat. Warm enough, like there's no coat that's ever been invented that will keep me warm, put it that way. So, yes, taking its time, still acclimatising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even after all these years.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Bianca asks, who is the funniest member of the Sky team?
2: They, uh, they're they all funny. They're all very funny. um The funniest, <laughs> Brian Carney. Brian Carney's hilarious. He, and it's yeah. almost... You wouldn't believe it because on air he's just such a professional. He's so um, just perfect when he's on air. Off air, he's he's again a dry sense of humor. Sometimes I'm like, "Are you being serious? Are you pulling my leg? Like, what what is going on?" He's he's so funny. I don't know if you guys ever remembered when he was playing for the Knights in the NRL. He'd go on um, the Thursday night footy yeah. show. And he was mm. just side-splittingly funny. Well, he will have us all in stitches time and time again.
1: As he told you about his uh, conversion he did for Wigan at Huddersfield, I think back in 2006 from the, from the touchline,
2: no, he hasn't. But please go ahead.
1: There, yeah, I, th- I think it was an end-of-season <laughs> game, two thousand six-seven, when he was at the Wigan and nothing game, and he, he kicked the the last goal from the touchline. I think he's shown it before a few years ago. It's on YouTube somewhere if you type Brad Kelly conversion. So I'm going to write this down. I'm
2: going to write this down. I'm going to ask him on Thursday. Yes, I'm You're sure not he's not probably not got not it not. saved, saved under um, his videos, and he can. They'll show have it on it his phone. phone. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: It's this one. <laughs> You're prepped and ready. Yeah. Ralph asks, if you weren't in the job you currently are, what job do you think you would be doing, Jenna, if you weren't a... uh, it's hard
2: because this is what I've always wanted to do. So I don't there's nothing. This is your else. dream job. Wow. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is my dream job. I'm doing it. I'm living it. I, I guess I'd probably like to maybe be home and, and covering the NRL or covering mm-hmm. um yeah, rugby league in you know a different capacity down under just to be closer to family mm. um but yeah still mm. doing the same thing like i this is it for me love it
0: living the dream andy asks what is jenna's favorite film have you got a favorite
2: favorite film um mm. i've got so many <sighs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with national velvet which is an oldie I'm I'm a horsey girl. I love horses. So I yeah, National Velvet with Elizabeth Taylor and the pie. Mickey Rooney was in it as well. Mm. If you haven't seen it, get it, get your tissues ready. Get
0: your tissues ready. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and then the last one, and Jenna, thanks a lot for coming on and speaking with us. It's been brilliant to have all your insight and that bit of a behind-the-scenes flavour. Obviously, we see you on the screen on Sky all the time. It's nice to hear some behind-the-scenes stuff. Last question from us is from Darren. What other sports does Jenna enjoy?
2: See, I I love all sports. I love watching sport on TV particularly because I like seeing how other um, sports go to air and and the production behind it and the things that Mm. they do differently. Um, You know, I... I love I love rugby union as well I love kind of any any form of rugby mm. um tennis mm. I was always a Roger Federer fan yeah,
0: yeah.
2: my husband the NFL so I used to live in San Francisco and I used to cover the 49ers for Comcast SportsNet Oh wow um mm. so I yeah probably NFL I mean look I love sport any sport mm. that's on I'll probably sit down and and watch it
0: Fabulous. Mm. Jenna, it's been fantastic having you on. Thanks a lot for coming on the Lot Pod.
2: Thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Hope, um, yeah, I haven't bored you.
1: Oh, God, no. It's a <laughs> no, really good I'll insight it. to understand brilliant. what it looks like behind the Absolutely scenes. And- from my perspective, I wanna I wanna try and get back into the media because it's so difficult to have any openings and just to understand yeah. how it works on a match day is really intriguing to see and yeah, yeah. but it's been very, very enjoyable, very much of an eye opener. So thank yeah. you so much for agreeing to come on. It's really appreciated.
2: No, I appreciate the invite. Thanks for having me.